Hour number four of First Up here on TSN 1050. We'll get to your calls for Wake Up Woodbridge in just a moment. And the phone lines have exploded. We work at Bell, a communications, a telecommunications company. I'm not sure our phone lines can handle this type of action because, of course, we're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're talking about one of the best players in the last 20 years in the National Hockey League in Patrick Kane. The Leafs win 5-2 last night against Kane's Chicago Blackhawks. It's time, Chrissy. Let's do it. Time to make the call. Now, what's this number? Who making this call? I don't know what's this number. What is this number? Wake up, Woodbridge. Buongiorno. Wake up, Woodbridge. That's right. So wake me up. So Brian Boucher from ESPN will join us in 15 minutes. Matt Barry also from ESPN in about 30. By the kickoff, Wake Up Woodbridge, we welcome in Yusuf from Scarborough. What's going on, Yusuf? Not so much. How are you guys? We're good, buddy. What's your, what's on your mind this uh, this morning? You like Patrick Kane coming to the blue and white or what? I mean, I, to be honest, I didn't like his game last night. Uh, he kind of looked unengaged, but that could just be the Bedard uh, ice, and he just trying to leave. But I just had one one thing. Like, what's I read an article on the on Matthew Nice yesterday. What's the real realistic expectations from him that you guys think he come and impact in the playoffs? Just trying to right, so- what he can bring. Thank you for the call, Yusuf. He's talking about Matthew Nyes, University of Minnesota. A lot of hype surrounding Nyes. We had Craig Button on, who would be better at evaluating this than you or I, Coco. And I think he gave Matthew Nyes a 2% chance at having an impact on the Toronto Maple Leafs this season. Because, I mean, to go from the University of Minnesota to a Stanley Cup playoff series against the Tampa Bay Lightning, it's a pretty sizable jump. <laughs> pretty yeah. sizable jump. I don't know. What, what, what is your take on Nyes, and is there any chance he has an impact this year? Uh, you know what? It, it's such a tough question to, uh, to answer because, you know, I don't really watch him, and I haven't really scouted him. I'm just basically going off of what other people are saying. And, look, this guy's going to probably be in contention for the best player in college hockey this year. So that's what has to excite you. Um, do I think he's going to come in and be an infa- impactful player right away? I, I'm not sure I'm very optimistic about that, you know, at the moment. But I do like his size. You do have to like the way he um, is taking over the game of college hockey. And ultimately, it's going to be up to the player if he can. If he can, I mean, remember the decision last year came down to, you know, when his season was over, was he going to come last year or was he going to take another year? He decided to stay another year for his development and. If this is a guy who's confident enough and and has another great finish to the season, you hope that he can slide right in because the benefit that he's going to have sliding right in is he's probably going to be put in a position where he's going to be playing with incredible players like Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander. So the 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 opportunity for instant success is there. I just don't know. You know, I can't speak on a player that has come from college. I've never done that. And we we talked to Mike Johnson about this earlier. Like, will it be Alex Kerfoot or Callie Yarncroke on the second line next to next to John Tavares and Mitch Marner or whoever it ends up being? Maybe the answer is Matthew Nyes, but I, I would imagine Dubis and the Leafs are aiming higher than that. Putting Nyes in that position, considering like yeah, coming from college hockey, maybe he is ready for that. But I mean, this is not Kale McCarr we're talking about, right? Kale McCarr was ready to go. I mean, Colorado's like, all right, let's go. You're playing 20-plus minutes a night right out of college. Matthew Knight is a good prospect for sure, great prospect perhaps. But I think Kale McCarr and the 
things that he was able to do at a college might make Matthew Nyes. I, I just don't, I just don't see a way in which he's able to accomplish that type of thing, which is essentially you put him in the top six next to you know, but whoever it might be, you're kind of putting him in the same position. But in my, me personally, I think the Leafs were probably better served. Maybe you, you sign him and you you keep him as an option for you, but to put him in a prominent role that quickly seems. A little bit out of line. At least that's that is my thought on the subject. Yep. Let's go to Ryan in St. Catharines. You're on Wake Up Woodbridge. Ryan, Ryan are you there? No. All right, moving on. Let's go to. Uh, oh, let's go. I could tell that Ryan in St. Catharines had some fantastic. Yeah, takes well, on Patrick he had King. his wife calling him on the other line. He's like, I gotta pick up my <laughs> wife. If I don't answer, she's gonna kill me and probably lost the spot right. in line. <laughs> That's a good point. Hank in Niagara, you're next up. Hey, good morning. Uh, as, as, as I told you in the pre-nup there, I, uh, I'm probably one of your oldest uh, guys that's, that's left, and I've never give up uh, since I was 28, <laughs> and now I'm in my mid-80s. And uh, I'll God never bless give you, up. Hank. God <laughs> bless you. But as I say, uh, I had season tickets for years and years, and I just couldn't afford them when I went from... I went from my $95 tickets to $750 tickets Jeez. at the ACC Center uh, behind the players' bench. But that's irrelevant. The, the point is, uh, I, I got a, just a gut feeling the good Lord's gonna, gonna give me one more Stanley Cup before I go join, uh, Johnny and the boys. And, uh, I think, uh, I think Kane would be, maybe a good fit. Myers. And, uh, I think we should even bring Koliakalo back. <laughs> Thanks, Hank. I appreciate the support. And hello? Oh, we lost AK. All right. So something happened there. Um, all right. Well, thanks for the call, Hank. Let's uh, 20 figures. Let's go to our next caller, Joe from Oshawa. Joe, welcome to Wake Up Woodridge. What, uh, what's on your mind this morning? Can you guys picture Kane on the line with JT and Nylander? I think it's, it's imperative on the Leafs to make a statement. It's almost like their Kawhi moment. You know, Kane wants to be here. Despite what happened with uh, the Rangers and, and whatnot, this is their time. Bring him in. Prove it to Matthews. Prove it to Nylander. Prove it to the fan base that we want to go and win this thing big. There's no other opportunity but now. Bring in Kane and make a splash. Let's go all the way. Joe, let me ask you this. Oh. Is, is bringing in Kane better than bringing in Timo Meyer or Ryan O'Reilly? Do you think he would have a bigger impact on the Maple Leafs than those two? I think he would. I think the pedigree speaks for itself, the championship pedigree. He's American. Obviously, he's going to resonate with, uh, with Austin Matthews. I think it's the way to go. And I think this hype about his, uh, his injured hip is a little too played up. I, I, I think he'd be an awesome addition to the Leafs. And, you know, if, if people aren't going to jump on that right now, then they're not serious about going all the way. All right. Well, but why Why do you say bring him in and playing alongside Tavares and Nylander? Why not Matthews and Marner? Sure, why not? I mean, you've got <laughs> flexibility there, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's an embarrassment of riches, whether it's the first line or, or the second line. You know, Kane is, is a proven commodity. And uh, like I said, <clears throat> the Raptors did it with uh, Kawhi years ago. I'm not saying that, you know, it's the, the, uh, the exact same example. But uh, you have a moment right now where you've got this player and people can say he's in the twilight of his career, but, uh, you know, I think he's probably a little disgruntled being in Chicago. This is the time to do it. Thanks Love for the, the call, call, Joe. Fantastic yeah. stuff. We'll That's see. Joe in Oshawa. Uh, let's go to John in Etobicoke on line five. John, you're on Wake Up Woodbridge. Hey, how you doing? Great. Hey, buddy, what's up? 
Ah, uh, not much. I'm a big fan of what Dubis has done by bringing in Bunting and uh, Timmins and all these uh, guys nobody knew ever knew about before. You know what I mean? Those Arizona so guys, man. Easy. Those Arizona guys. Yeah, whatever, whatever. But uh, you know, guys' careers like uh, Bunting and uh, even Cadre and uh, Hyman, their careers turned around. Nobody knew who they were, but look at them now; they're shining. So what? What is? What are you suggesting? I uh, pick up some guys that aren't big in the NHL. I think Tampa did the same thing. They never went after big name guys. They went the after guys. guys like Coleman or or uh, you know Goudreau. small small name guys. Yeah, but they want no. a name for themselves. You know. Look, yeah. that's another good strategy, too, and I think a lot of people have talked about that as well. You know, should the Maple Leafs be more focused on specific players instead of the big-name players? And sometimes those are the ones that end up, you know, uh, panning out better, where, where you just focus on guys that can come in and, and fill in a specific role and bring a different element to your team. I think, look, I, there, there's we, we've talked about Patrick Kane at length. I think if you're bringing him in, you're bringing in somewhat of the same type of player that you already have with the group that you've invested so much in with Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, is bringing in more of a bunting type or bringing in more of a of a you know a Hyman type the 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 right solution to this to this problem that the Maple Leafs are are looking at right now. So. Look, that's why they get paid the big bucks, and we'll see how this whole thing plays out with Kane. But I think what like we've touched on earlier, Kane would be a welcomed addition, not a must-add addition to this Maple Leafs roster. It's like a luxury item almost, Patrick right. Kane. It's not it's an like, all right, He's like a Rolex. He's a Rolex. Right. You don't, Do you need to wear a Rolex? No, you could get like one of those like Casio watches you find at a flea market in Florida. No, you want a Rolex. That's what Patrick Kane probably would be. <laughs> uh, our final caller here on Wake Up Woodbridge, Ryan in St. Catharines. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Great, Ryan. What's Hello? up? Oh, you can hear me this time? Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was just... Uh, listening to what you guys said about the the bottom two pairings, uh, the bottom two uh, lines, rather, and I'm 100% in agreement. Like, every year, they the top one, two of the top four guys are, are kind of ghosts in the playoffs, and I think we need to uh, support them on the bottom on the bottom two pairs. I'm thinking a Max Domi would be a, a good fit. I'm just wondering your thoughts. Max Domi. Wow. What a name to bring back to Toronto if that would be the case. Um yeah, I, I, sure. love, I love Mac Dome, Max Domi, Max Domi, 100%. I don't think anybody would, uh, you know, would disagree with that. Um, you know, again, it's just, uh, it, it all depends on, you know, what the cost is, whether or not the, the, the name, they feel the same way about the player and what he can bring. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great name. I think would be welcomed with big open arms back here oh. in Toronto. I, I do wonder the cost on Domi, right? I mean, let's say the Columbus wants a first, a third, and a fourth for Vladislav Gavrikov. Chicago would, would probably be like, hey, would anyone give us a first for Max Domi? Like, no way that happens, right? Come on, are you serious right now? A first-round pick for Max Domi? Well, I mean, I, I'm just saying, as I just outlined, Columbus is asking for a first, a third, and a fourth for Gavrikov. Yeah, that's I'm sure Chicago. No, no, it is absurd, I think, and, and that's what I'm saying here. Like, I'm the, mm. the prices right now for some of these guys, these rentals, especially are out of line and they will come down. Domi's probably what, like a third and a prospect, maybe a second. That's by Yeah, probably I, 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 I think if, if somebody offers Chicago a third round pick, I think they should be making that deal with their eyes closed. 
You know, they might. Um, someone might offer and them. If, or if maybe somebody, they want to extend them. If somebody really wants Max Domi in their lineup, I mean, Max Domi got traded the deadline last year to to Carolina, and I I think it was a third or fourth round pick that he went there for. So I'd have to goals. go back and big performance and, and in Game Seven. Yeah, uh, we'll get to we'll get Brian Boucher's thoughts on this on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the trade deadline as a whole. Former NHL goaltender. Someone who played a lot against Patrick Kane throughout his playing career. Plus, Matt Barry from ESPN in about 20 minutes' time. The fourth hour of First Up continues. This is TSN 1050. The Maple Leafs 5-2 winners last night over the Chicago Blackhawks. They're off until Saturday night. They'll be taking on the Montreal Canadiens. And then... Another showdown with the lowly Blackhawks. We're back on first stop. Aaron Korolnik and Carlo Koliakovo with you. Always a treat to welcome our next guest to the show. Longtime NHL goalie, now an ESPN NHL analyst. It's Brian Boucher back on the show. Brian, good morning. What's going on? Good morning, guys. Uh, not much. Just uh, St. Louis getting ready for a match tonight. St. Louis and New Jersey. Um, but all is good. Uh, exciting time of the year with the deadline. Uh, approaching should be uh, should be a lot of fun very much so and st louis i mean we've been talking here in toronto i'm sure it's kind of percolated down south of the border as well about patrick kane being in toronto and of course the leafs and perhaps kane um having interest in each other's services let's put it that way but i mean st louis is a team that could make a significant impact at the deadline, Brian, as you're well aware. Guys like O'Reilly, Barbashev, it's a long list of guys they could ship out. What's the vibe this morning heading into the game tonight that you'll be calling for ESPN? Well, the Blues have won uh, two games since the break, but I think for one second that, uh, you know, they, they, they feel that they're a team that's, you know, back in contend mode. Uh, you know, this is a team that uh, is aging. And uh, they've got to find a way, I think, to, to retool or reset. They've got some good young pieces that they long term. But there's no question in my mind that guys like O'Reilly uh, and Barbashev will have New Jersey's on come um, March 4th. Uh, I, I just don't Blues would hold on to any of those guys. I think they got to wait it out best deal that they can get. Um, a guy like Barbashev, to me, um, you guys think, but I feel like he's a real intriguing player. Like to, to, I, I know the big name is yeah, the, the big name is O'Reilly, but man, Barbashev, his age, uh, his cost, his versatility, the bite that he plays with. Um, I feel like he's the more valuable of the two players, and I, I would have to think a lot of teams that are going to be sniffing around for Barbashev here uh, before March third. Brian, we're going to give you a call back because your phone's a little crackly. 20 fingers will give you a ring back uh, in just a moment. But Barbashev's a guy, Coco, you have been talking about for a long time. And you talk about an ideal fit, and it's not Patrick Kane. He's not a guy who's going to be showtime, going end-to-end, dangling people and scoring highlight real goals. But Barbashev can contribute in a different way, right? Yeah, in many ways. I mean, he's a guy that can... Probably slide in on your second line, can be, you know, a very formidable third line player, can win big faceoffs, can, you know, muck it up if you need to. But, you know, he, he's a guy that has had, you know, very productive seasons too, and, and very, a lot of success even in playoffs that, that, yeah. uh, the, the, the Blues have, uh, found themselves in in their play, previous playoff run. So he's definitely an intriguing player for me. 
Brian, let's let's bring it back into the conversation here. We're talking about Barbashev versus a guy like Patrick Kane. Obviously, Kane's the bigger name, high profile, probably the better player. But for a team like the Maple Leafs, when you're trying to maybe fit a certain role, does it make sense to go out with the big splash for Kane? Or do you think maybe smaller, more, maybe not, not sophisticated would be the wrong word, but maybe moves that kind of fit a certain direction for the team might make more sense? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. I, I, you know, and I think that's the probably the the dilemma that Kyle Dubas is in, right? I mean, you, you, you know, I, he signs, you know, he goes and trades for a big name like Kane, and it looks great. But is it the right fit? I mean, I, when I think of that top line, I mean, him playing with Matthews and, and Bunting, or even if you want to put Nylander on that off wing uh, to kind of you know remind you of like him playing with Panarin or DeBrinket back in the day in Chicago, it sounds awfully uh, exciting, but when you get in a playoff series, you wonder if, if you know that versatility and, and maybe more that that jam that you need uh, from a player could serve you better because uh, you could move Barbashev all over the place. You can play in your bottom six, your top six, um, wherever you need him. So uh, it, I, that's a great question. I don't know. I mean, um, for for Dubis, whatever move he makes, it's going to be it's going to be questioned. And he's going to be judged on it. And if they don't get by the first round, he's not going to have a job in, in Toronto next year. Uh, I can assure you of that. But if he makes the move and it works out, uh, you know, he probably buys himself another, another tenure in Toronto. Um, you know, that, and that, that brings me to the point with Barbashev. I mean, even a guy like Bertuzzi, I think you could put in that conversation. Maybe he's a guy that Toronto looks at if they like a Barbashev. And maybe they don't get Barbashev. Maybe Bertuzzi is a guy that could kind of feel, although I think Barbashev might be a little bit more versatile than Bertuzzi at this point. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. But, man, when you think about Patty Kane lining up on the right side of Austin Matthews, uh, that type of lineup would <laughs> keep goalies up all night. Showtime. Uh, that lineup the night before. <laughs> yeah. Well, you find yourself in a, in a very intriguing spot in St. Louis because of the matchup that uh, you're, you're calling tonight between the Blues and the Devils because the Devils are another team – that a lot of people are talking about as potential big buyers at this deadline. And one name linked to them is Timo Meyer. I mean, he just scored his 30th goal the other night. I think he's a player that anybody would run on their roster. But how much is it, does, does it excite you to know that a team like New Jersey that has really taken off this year with a lot of their young talent could potentially add a, a piece like Timo Meyer to the lineup and how much better they can be from it? From it? I think it's great, and I think it's exciting for their franchise that uh, you know they had a lot of success years ago, uh, and really have hit a dry spell. I can't imagine that uh, New Jersey doesn't land them. From what it sounds like, it sounds like whatever Mike Greer gets for an offer in San Jose from Meyer, New Jersey wants to have the last kick at it, and they've got a lot of assets that they can provide for the San Jose Sharks, and I and, and, I, and I think for New Jersey. To be honest with you, I feel like their team is a little light up front, and I think they need a little bit of, you know, that heaviness with skill um, to play in their top six. And I think Meyer is the perfect fit. His age is a perfect fit. You can sign him long term. He's going to be a part of your your core going forward. Um, you know, I, I you know when you get to this time of year and you think about rentals and and you make a move and you give up a lot of assets to get those guys and they don't work out, they can hurt your franchise. This is not the case. This is a guy that you're going to get. You're going to sign long-term. He's going to be a part of your group. Um, Tom Fitzgerald has, has to get this done, in my opinion. I mean, I think Meyer has to be a New Jersey devil uh, when March 4th comes around. And, and, you know, and I wonder what San Jose is sniffing around to get 
from New Jersey. If you look at they've got their first round picks in the next two years, right? Uh, they've got a bevy of defense prospects. If I'm Mike Greer, I, I, I want either I want Simone Nemitz. I don't know if, if New Jersey would give him up, but I, I nice. like him a right shot defenseman uh, that they picked in the first round last year. Obviously, you got Luke Hughes. But also, you know, you go down the list, they've got a, another prospect in Seamus Casey, a young kid who uh, made the U.S. World Junior team but didn't play. He was the extra defenseman who's uh, terrifically skilled. Um, and then they got a Russian defenseman that they picked a couple of years ago in the first round. I'm not even going to uh, attempt his name, uh, but I'll try it. Shakir Muhammadillin or something like that. Yes, oh, Muhammad Dillon, that yes. Guy. Well, yes. That guy's got a tough yeah, name to pronounce. Yeah. yeah, he's playing pretty well in, in the KHL. So, I mean, look, you, you know, I think New Jersey's going to have to send somebody from their roster over to, to New Jer- uh, to San Jose too. But you know, I, I'd be I'd be looking for a guy like you know a Dawson Mercer or an Alexander Holtz plus one of those defense prospects and a pick. I mean, that's that's what I'm looking for if I'm Mike Greer. And uh, if you do it, you, you add a guy to your to your team in Meyer that is going to be a part of your group for a long time, and I think it, it helps both clubs. Yeah, I, I totally love everything you just said about that. I, I, there was one piece I'm I'm basically telling everybody that's untouchable, Luke Hughes. Like, you're, you didn't draft Luke Hughes to, to to trade him away when his brother plays on the team. Sure. I mean, I think I yeah. think that's, that's no just chance. something. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah. that to me is the only answer. But of those other players, if it, if, if it means acquiring a, a, a core piece like Timo Meyer that can – you know, accelerate the, the, the growth of your team, you absolutely have to do it. And I couldn't agree with you more about how, what you said about Tom Fitzgerald, that he has to make this happen. So we'll see. I'm excited to see it happen if it does happen. But I think what a lot of the hockey world is excited to see happen is a Jacob Chickering trade finally <laughs> happen. I mean, you talk no, about no. being exhausted about talking about a player being moved. I mean, there was talk over the weekend when he was scratched that there was something in the works, and apparently it fell out. But how do you think the Chickering situation ultimately plays out? It it sounds like, you know, L.A. or Boston are the two places that I'm hearing. I don't know what you guys hear, but that sounds like the two uh, destinations that he's probably headed to. Um, LA makes a lot of sense. They need, they need a left shot D man. Uh, I think he, you know, he would fit in. He's got a couple of years left. All of that makes a, a lot of sense to Los Angeles. Um, they've got some prospects that I'm sure Arizona's holding out for. And, and Bill Armstrong has done a good job. He's been waiting it out and he's going to wait for the best deal possible. I, I think LA has more to offer Arizona than say a Boston does. Uh, I don't know that Boston has a prospect pool that, that right. the L.A. Kings have, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But even for Boston, I mean, as good as they've been, it, don't you find it a little a little odd that they they seem to be in on a lot of a lot of a lot of players or that they're looking to improve? I I don't know what that tells me. Like, I mean, if I'm on the Boston Bruins, if I'm a current player there, and we're, we're just humming like at a at like record speed here, like this is going to be a historic year for the Boston Bruins and National Hockey League. And we're looking to improve our team and guys are going to come off the roster. Like, I don't know. It just seems, it just seems a little odd to me. You know, it just, it, you know, it just it leaves me feeling a little uneasy. I get you want to improve your team, but boy, a team that's played that well, you think you believe in it much more than what it seems <laughs> to be from the outside. But yeah, Chickren, um, you know, hopefully he gets a chance to go to a team that, that has a legitimate chance to compete because he's a, 
a guy that, uh, you know, when you play in Arizona and uh, you don't get a chance to play in the playoffs, you're kind of wasting away and, you know, the years are adding up for him and the injuries have added up and it'd be nice to see him get an opportunity to play in a spot where maybe we can uh, notice him around the league a little bit more. Brian, it's always great to have you on the show, and we didn't even really get to talk about the 2010 Stanley Cup final, the run the Flyers went on, where, unfortunately for you guys, Patrick Kane and the Chicago Blackhawks uh, were able to triumph. But, you know, since then, I mean, you've become the star ESPN analyst. Why do you got to remind him of that? No, I mean, it was a great memory for Brian Boucher. He and Michael Layton taking the Flyers on that incredible run. That's yeah. of course his shutout streak early in his career too. We love Brian Boucher on the yeah. show. It's nice. Nice. We had a great conversation with him, and then you send him off with that. Good job, AK. All Good positive. Job. All positive. <laughs> I love Brian Boucher. He's the great. He's a great analyst and a great uh, friend of the program. Thank you for doing this, Brian. Uh, legend in 2010 playoffs. I had you and a bunch of the Flyers in my playoff pool that year. So thank you for that as well. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs> See you, Boosh. You're the man, Brian Boucher. See, Brian Boucher still likes me, even though I brought up the 2010 Cup Final. What a run it sure. was. What a run What a run it was for the Philadelphia Flyers. Matt Barry on the other side from ESPN as well, uh, the host of Maddie and the Caddy. We'll talk some golf with Matt, and he's also an XFL broadcaster. XFL is back, baby. Okay, I'm not really that excited, but... I am is it intrigued. this Sunday or is it a Saturday? I think it's February seventeenth. I think maybe so, even tomorrow night there might be some games. What? So a Friday night? I don't know. We'll look into it. We'll talk to Matt Barry. He'll let us know. He knows better than I because he's calling the games. <laughs> he's up next on first up. We are giving away a pair of Raptors tickets. Listen to each hour of the First Up podcast for a clue to the identity of a former or current Raptors player. Once you have all the clues and you know the identity of the player, you'll have until the end of the day to enter at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win the tickets. Here is your clue. The fourth and final clue for the Reveal That Raptor contest is... This player ranks in the top 10 for all-time field goal percentage in Raptors franchise history. The fourth hour of First Up continues here on TSN 1050. I am Aaron Karolnik. He is Carlo Koliakovo, and what a treat it is to welcome our next guest to the show, an Emmy Award-winning broadcaster, a man synonymous with versatility at the worldwide leader. He hosts SportsCenter. He hosts the Maddie and the Caddy podcast, and beginning this weekend, he will be part of ESPN's broadcast team for... The return of the XFL, making his debut here on First Up. It's Matt Barry. What's going on, Matt? Gentlemen, good morning. I I got to <laughs> Venmo you guys some some cash after that intro. That was that was quite impressive. Perfect. I appreciate it. Yes, yes. Um, take PayPal I, too. Yeah, PayPal, Zelle. That, that's those are American things more so than Canadian. But we can figure it out. PayPal, you got the PayPal, Coco. We we can make it work. Well, I'll we tell you what. We'll be paying him the money back. If he kills it in this interview. <laughs> oh, Matt Barry always kills it. Let me tell you. Yeah. So, Matt, let me start with this. What has you more excited, the return of Tiger Woods or the return of the XFL? What a phenomenal loaded question that is because I have to answer both <laughs> in, a, in a way that, that, that suits all of our network partners. I'll say Tiger first because that happens first. It happens today at 3.04 p.m. Eastern, which, by the way, you can watch his featured group on ESPN+. Plus. Um, we haven't seen it since July at the Open Championship and his final walk at St. Andrews. It's been 844 days in a non-major event and a PGA Tour event since we've seen him. 
And so I, I think it's just it's an opportunity. Golf is going to go through a boom here in the next month because of the Netflix series Full Swing. And some of the younger stars are going to be carrying the sport. But when you throw Tiger right in the middle of that, there's still so many people that are curious of what Tiger can bring us. And so this is an opportunity for all of us who love the sport to sit back, look at Tiger, see how his health is. Because now what you do with him is you're going to watch today. He's got late, early tea time. I don't think that that, that plays well for him. But we, we'll, we'll do with Tiger. You know, I'll be at the Masters in, in, a, in a couple of months. And, and so what I'll do is I'll watch him health-wise. What does he look like at Riviera? Does that play well for him to play at the players in March? And does this ultimately all set up uh, for him to be competitive at the Masters? So that's excitement part one. And then Sunday, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, ABC, I'll be on the call for the, the XFL games and, and XFL Ooh. coming back. And you know what I love about this is I know a lot of people are out there. Just, they can be naysayers with these spring football leagues, but just doing prep. I call college football and host college football during during that season. There are so many names that I know from back in the college football day between A.J. McCarron, who's quarterback of the, the St. Louis Battlehawks, uh, Jack Cohn, who quarterbacked at Wisconsin and Notre Dame. There are so many guys that are playing in this league that want an opportunity to prove that their NFL career isn't done yet. And so for me, being a big college football person, this allows me an opportunity, and I'm with Joey Galloway, allows me, us, an opportunity to tell these guys stories who want that next chance and another opportunity at the NFL. Well, we saw when the XFL relaunched a couple years ago and then unfortunately got shut down with the pandemic – uh, some of the teams that did excel in that league, and St. Louis was one of those teams that just blossomed. I mean, the the, the fans that that attracted to that team it was an incredible scene, an incredible place to play. They're doing the game against a team that we're trying to adopt, the San Antonio Brahmas. I love because, it because we love the whole Brahma Bull, the Rock. You know what I mean? I like the, the Sea Dragons them. too, though. The Sea Dragons. Okay, that's fair. Ben Denucci. Ben Denucci. So, I guess what I'm asking you is, you know, because it's fresh, it's starting this week, it's an eight-team league, is there a certain team we should pay more attention to, you know, going into this season? We're, we're guys that like to gamble a little bit, you know, they've got odds on the season a and lot. stuff. Give us a, some oh, insight on that. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, look, the, the, the sports betting component of it is what's going to make this fun. And what I'm excited about is is typically when I'm calling a college football game or doing Really supposed to too much about the sport. All right, we're going to call Matt back. We're going to give Matt. I think we're having some phone problems here. Would be my guess. Jeez. But <laughs> very crackly. I don't know why. I thought my that's brain was going to blow up. Yeah, there. that's that's good. We apologize. We apologize to the audience for that. Not not ideal. But the sports betting component, and you know, this is kind of a little bit difficult for me because, like, you guys know how much I love the CFL and. The XL is not necessarily a direct competitor of the CFL. The CFL plays from June until November. The XFL is going to kick off this weekend. So this is Spring Football League versus something like the CFL. But the one thing I would say with the CFL is, like, incorporate gambling more into the product. And the broadcast, I think we've done a fantastic job at TSN. But as far as the Canadian Football League actual like, in-game components, even while you're at the game, I think that the CFL has a long ways yeah, to go. Just, and I'm curious... Hey. That's what, what Matt has to say. In the game, yeah, right? and, and and Matt, you you were talking before we lost you there. Your phone cut out, or maybe it was us. I'm not really sure. You're talking about how the XFL and ESPN are incorporating sports betting more into the product. Please explain. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be – we'll show it throughout the broadcast and how the line is moving, the point total, and everything in between. And throughout the season, it's just going to get better because once Vegas figures this out, and you guys know how Vegas loves to figure things out, it's going to be such a big component of the broadcast. Because, people look, if, if we all sit here and, and, and pretend like people aren't sports betting on everything, then we're just naive. And so we're going to lean into that. And you're going to find out, and you guys were asking about rosters before, when you look at some of these rosters with some of the talent, the, the game that I'm calling St. Louis and, and San Antonio with Heinz Ward coaching in San Antonio, Anthony Beck's head coach in St. Louis, A.J. McCarron I mentioned, he won two national championships as a starter at Alabama, three if you include the year he backed up Greg McElroy. This dude's good. He played in the NFL, and he had a torn ACL in 21. He wants to come back. Uh, they've got a great running back uh, in Mateo Durant who played at Duke, who was an all-ACC guy. Then you go down to San Antonio, Jack Cohen. I mentioned him a second ago, played at Notre Dame and Wisconsin. But they're starting running back, Kalen Balage. This dude was in the NFL. He's still played for Miami. The there you go. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so, I used to draft Balage on my team as like a, like a, a dark horse a flyer. Rookie. A flyer, yeah, a late right. round flyer, yeah. See, and that's it. You have a lot of those guys that you're like, oh, hell, he should still be playing in the NFL. And that's what's going to be exciting to watch. And so we're not going to be shy about the sports betting component. We're not going to be shy about the access. People are going to see things and hear things in these games that you would never hear in an NFL or a college football broadcast because that's going to be one of the the, the trademarks of, of this league. It's just like we're going to go into the locker room. We're going to hear play calls. We've got five players from each team mic'd up for the entire game. It's, wow. I keep joking around on some of our calls. It's going to be invasive, and I can't wait to see how invasive we can oh, get. Oh, I love that. Love live mics. You've got to be crazy. You've got to be a little worried about what you might hear on some of those live mics. But, Not Matt Berry, though. So you mentioned about the, the players that are playing in it, and I, I would imagine this league, you know, spring football has always had a hard time you know, building traction and staying alive because it's just not the NFL. But I would imagine that the the uh, growth or at least the, the, the development of this league is to be a feeder league for the NFL, not just with the players, but even with the rules. We saw when the XFL relaunched a couple of years ago, they introduced new rules like the kickoff rule where both teams line up in a line at the 35-yard line so there isn't that impact. We also saw the extra point conversions where you can go for one, two, or three points at this certain yard distances. Is there any new rules in this league that we should be aware of that the NFL might consider looking at to bring into their game? So there's one in particular that Bill Belichick has been fighting for for years with the competition committee, and we're going to give it a run in the XFL. It's going to be the ability to challenge anything. And what I mean by that is, if there was no pass interference called, but the team believes it was passing interference, then they'll bang a timeout. Dean Blandino at, at our officiating headquarters, they'll review it. And if there was a missed PI, they'll throw the flag, execute the penalty, and go from there. And wow. I think that's one of the ones that the NFL would probably seriously look at because how many times in a game is there a flag thrown? And when they're doing the replay and the broadcast, you'll hear the – 
the the, the broadcasting go. Oh, I, I don't think the that, Super Bowl, think that the play there. that cost the, right. the, the, the Philadelphia there you go. Was the Super Bowl. Oh, you think Perfect that you example. think that play would have been overturned if they yes. did a review? I don't. No, yes. no chance. I don't. No chance. I think yes. letter of the law that was holding what what people are are moaning about is the, the timing of which the play yeah. the the penalty exactly. was called. But I I think the rule of you know, and and when you look back at something, and you, and you, how many times do we see calls that are missed, holding calls, hands to the face, and so mm. that's one of the rules that I'm really excited to see executed in this league, because of anything, and you guys hit on it, a theater league to the NFL. Well, that's part of it, but the other part is, how can this league and, and ESPN, how can we do things in a broadcast that maybe the professional league or even the SEC or some of these other football leagues. How can we do something that they're perhaps a little hesitant to do? How can we do it and let them know that it's safe to do that and then execute it next time your league play comes up? I used it an example on our call yesterday. I'm a big, I, you know, I do the Masters, the PGA Championship, big into golf. And we've seen it in the CBS broadcast earlier in this season where they they literally interview a player from before the tee shot, the tee shot, walking the fairway through his approach and then through the putt. And people are going crazy over it. Well, we just assumed that couldn't happen because there wouldn't be buy-in. Well, the players love it. It's not distracting. They did it with Tom Kim the other day. Yep, he stuck I his approach that. to six yeah. feet for eagles. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, okay, so we can throw out the it's a distraction to the player because the guy hit one of the best shots in the tournament. And so, I, look, we all have this this mindset of, oh, this is how it has to be because it's always been done that way. That's well, let's try thinking. to push the boundaries a little bit and have fun with it. I agree. Our guest totally is Matt agree. Barry from ESPN. I mean, Matt, maybe you could convince Tiger Woods to be mic'd up for you know a couple of rounds, maybe four rounds, assuming he makes the cut this week at the Genesis. Maybe save that for the Masters or for the PGA. I'm not sure how likely that is. But when we consider Tiger Woods the season to come, hopefully this is the first of many starts for him, what do you think like the best-case scenario is for him? And I guess, yeah, winning multiple tournaments might be the best case. I don't know if that's likely at all, but... I mean, is just staying healthy and competing a win for Tiger Woods at this point in his career? Yeah, I think showing up to the next tournament. I mean, for for Tiger, it is so sports cliche, but for a guy that's been through a near-death experience and a leg amputation, and that's after everything he'd been through with the back fusions and everything in between, for him, I think it's round by round. I really do. Show up today. Let's, how does he feel after playing 18 of the Pro-Am yesterday? Show up today. Go through your process of getting ready. 3.04 Eastern tea time. That's noon out west. How does he feel through the walk tonight going into tomorrow for round two? That's going to be step one. Okay. How does he play in round two? Can he make the cut? This is the fifth longest layoff of his career. The longest even going up over 500-something days. And he's made the cut in every first appearance after these long layoffs. And so I don't know that making the cut's too far of a stretch for him in a course that he knows really, really well. But it's, it's, it's going from round to round, shot to shot, hole to hole, the walking, the plantar fasciitis. How is that going to settle in? And then once you take this body of work this weekend at Riviera, you, you put it aside, now you start working for that next tournament, which I think all of us believe, barring any huge setback, will be the players in March in Ponte Vedra. So then you just take that tournament, and then you start building to inevitably the Masters. And look, he's going to play in the Masters. If he was able to do it post-car wreck, 
like he did last year and wow everyone by making the cut. He's going to be there this year, barring any unforeseen surgery or, or setback. And so for Tiger, we'll watch today when he tees off at 304. We'll watch all of his shots, and we'll, we'll just proceed to the next hole and the next round and the next tournament and see where he goes from there. Yeah, you just hold your breath, seemingly, every time he takes a swing because every opportunity to watch Tiger Woods in many respects is a blessing because everything he's endured uh, with the car accident and all the back surgery. So hopefully many, many swings. Not too many swings. Maybe that guy's 68 to start today. Get him on a good uh, trajectory to make the cut uh, heading into the weekend at the Genesis. Matt, can't thank you enough for taking the time. Been a big fan of yours for a long time. It's been great to have you on. Let's do it again soon. Anytime, fellas. Appreciate y'all. Uh, send the uh, PayPal account via the Twitter so you guys know how to hit me back. Consider it done. Consider it done. That is Matt Barry from ESPN. Uh, Carl, I actually need to use your PayPal account for something. Let's talk about that during the commercial break because i got to <laughs> transfer some money. And mine just like doesn't work. Uh, my FanDuel best bets coming up on the other side. I need a big bounce back. Big bounce back. Had the Kane parlay yesterday, Evander and Patrick, neither of whom came through. So I'm going to give you some winners next. Time now for today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Let's start with the Winnipeg Jets in Columbus tonight. Connor Hellebuck makes his return after missing last game with an illness. And we saw Columbus against the Leafs over the weekend on the Friday night where they had nothing. And on Saturday, the Leafs had nothing and Columbus was able to storm back and win that game and then we did see columbus play new jersey last week or earlier this week and lose three to two i think the jets take care of business take them minus 190. i'm also on nashville plus a goal and a half against the boston bruins at home the bruins have not fared well historically in nashville i think it could be a good spot to back the preds plus the goal and a half and finally I'm on Sebastian Ajo of the Carolina Hurricanes to score plus 132. Montreal, man, you talk about a team that has struggled in Carolina. I mean, 0-8 in their last eight visits to Carolina. Today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. All right, Coco, we've got some dump and chase powered by FanDuel to tape after the program. What else is on the docket in the Koliakabo household? Uh, another uh, round on the assault bike. Probably another couple really? episodes of full swing. How many minutes on... are, you, are you putting in? It's, I'm starting really, really short, really simple, really easy, just 20 minutes. I'm going to do 20. I did 20 minutes yesterday. I do 20 minutes today. I'm going to do 20 minutes tomorrow. Just to give myself a nice little ease-in period, and then I'll bur- I'll gradually build up to 30-minute uh, workouts in it, and just keep it 30-minute exercises. I'm not I'm not doing it to train myself to get back into playing shape. I'm just doing it to give myself a little bit more physical activity, which is what this. Do you have like a Do you get a full prevents. lather on? Like, do you, are you like sweating buckets? I was yesterday. Yes, I was breathing very hard too. <laughs> Very hard. So I love it. It's a gradual it. build. Right. Like I'm not gonna go right into it and kill myself, but I do it comfortably at my own pace. At the end of the day, the good thing about the assault bike is you're you're moving your arms and your legs at the same time, so you get the upper body and the lower body exercise at the same time. I absolutely love it. And you got the fan, the bike fan on the bottom. You know, 
blowing fresh air up into you too. So can't beat uh, it. It's great. And then I just got to find. So I got to go get a mat because the sweat on the floor yesterday was disgusting. Let's talk to our boys at Adenac at Home Flooring. They'll, they'll set you up. Yes, that's a good idea. Good idea. Yes. We'll see. We'll see what we can cook up for. Anyways, thanks to Cheese. Thank you to Chrissy. Thank you to everyone who listened. Make sure to check out the First Up podcast today because we're giving away Raptors tickets. Dang. Find the hourly clues. Mystery Toronto Raptor. You can see the Raps and the Pelicans. And I guess it's next week. So uh, don't make, make sure you uh, enter that contest because you got a good shot to win if you enter. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Korolnik and Koliakova. We'll see how Tiger does. And we're that much closer to the weekend, baby. TGIF right around the corner. Take us out, Coco. Ciao.